Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. We are in our 21st or 22nd year now here on Voice America, the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and make your dreams come true. And today we have a wonderful guest. I've had her on before. We're talking about when you've been um, hurt, challenged, you've been through very difficult periods in your life, which many of us have. How do you get that fire back? How do you come back with resiliency? And not just come back, but come back motivated and strong and stronger, particularly when we've been through a lot of challenges and been knocked down many times. My guest is Renee Linnell. She is a former surf model, a professional Argentine tango dancer, and a serial entrepreneur with an executive master's in business administration from New York University. She made her publishing debut in 2018 with The Burn Zone, a memoir of her experience as a cult survivor. She divides her time between Colorado and South Florida, and she's talking about her brand new book, which is Still on Fire, It's energizing and empowering and reassuring. And it resonates with many of us who feel tired and need a push to ignore the voice of self-doubt in their head and just keep walking forward. Welcome, Renee. Nice to have you back again. Thank you, Patricia. That's a lovely introduction, and it's great to be here. Thank you. You know, I think what I want to ask, because... You know, you had a lot of hard lessons, bad choices, bad breaks, crushing, crushing blows. And I want to talk about the cult just in one specific area. Because you went through all of that and it led you down a dark path. And my question is, what is it, not just you, but in studying this, that you think leads us down that path of the cult of, you know, not owning our own power, of being totally brainwashed and led. What leads us in and what pulls us out? It's a big, long question, but I think it's important because whatever pulls us out is what you're doing now that keeps you still on fire. So what what brings us there and what pulls us out? Well, that, that is a huge question, and I will try my best to answer it thoroughly. I think what pulls us in is a need to feel like we've found our tribe or family. In my case, most of my family died when I was young, Mm. and then my father died when I was 15, leaving me with a mother who had turned to alcohol and prescription pills, and then she went missing and drowned in a bathtub in a hotel Mm. when I was 28. Mm. Mm. And so I just, I was desperate to have a family. Um, I Mm -hmm. also was always the weird kid. And I think so many of us, when we're children, um, we're not allowed to be exactly who we are. We have to change to please the adults around us, to please our teachers, to fit in 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 church and school and whatever groups we belong to. Um, And so we learn in order to be loved, we have to change who we are. And I think that that we start betraying ourselves at a young age. We're so desperate to be loved and, and to be worthy and to be seen. Um, and so I think, unfortunately, that leads a lot of us into toxic relationships in adulthood. And in mm-hmm. my case, I finally found, I thought I found my tribe. I also had been searching from a young age for the answers to big questions like, why are we here and what's the point? And, mm-hmm. um, And so when I meditated for the first time with this group, this tremendous peace exploded inside my mind, and I realized this is what I've been searching for. It's peace. Mm. And so I think we enter into these groups or these toxic relationships because we want to find love and peace and community and a feeling of belonging. Um, 
and then the journey out really is a journey of self-love. Um, they train us away from listening to our own inner guidance, and they mm. fill us with self-doubt, and that's what makes us powerless. And mm. for me, I and, had to lose everything. Yeah, question. What, when you're in that, right, and, and you're being fed self-doubt, you know, your voice isn't strong enough, what is it then, um, Renee, that pulls you out? Is, is there like a little voice in the back that goes, wait a minute, something's not right? I mean, because that's very powerful when you hear all those voices telling you the same thing. How is that that one little voice? What is it that pulls you out? For me, it was grace because that voice was always there saying something's not right. Um, but I had lived life my way for 33 years, and even though I had this beautiful life traveling the world as a surf model and then a professional Argentine tango dancer, and I'd graduated magna cum laude with a double degree, I mean, I had it all. And um, I still had this deep soul sickness inside, and no matter what I achieved, I still felt empty. And I thought there was something really wrong with me. And so mm. even though that little voice kept whispering that this group might not have my best interests in mind, um, or that maybe I'd entered into something dangerous, I couldn't bear to go back to living life my way. I had to try something different. Mm-hmm. And what eventually, I was fortunate in that I got actually thrown out of the cult. <laughs> um, mm. And I'm not going to tell how I did because it's a total yeah. spoiler alert for the book, but yeah. the distance the distance is what started to save me. And then it was really just grace that woke me up. One day I just finally woke up and saw clearly. Yeah. So then, so let me ask you the question that I think really speaks to this book, Still on Fire, as kind of a segue to what you just said. So why is it so difficult for people to take that leap into the life that they love? Is it self-doubt? Is it lack of self-worth? It's both of those. It's fear, and it's also it's interesting talking about brainwashing and how I was brainwashed in a cult. And then I realized we're all brainwashed in a way by this constant messaging from the world that tells us we're not okay. We're not okay. We have to change. We have to buy products to be attractive. We have to have more money. We have to, you know, all this stuff. We have to be thinner. We have to be younger. We have to be more successful. And so I think most of us have a lot of self doubt. Um, And then I think there's, fear. There's so much fear of leaving the comfortable for the unknown. And when we're children, everything's unknown. And that's why life's so exciting. But then once we become adults and life speed us up a little bit, we learn how to create these really safe environments with the same home and the same partner and the same job. And we're we're bored and we're soul sick, but we're terrified mm-hmm. of jumping into the unknown. I mean, we even, we go to the same restaurant and we order the same meal because we're worried that we're going to get a meal we don't like. Mm-hmm. And in that way, we make our world smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and we become sad and lifeless, but yet we're too afraid to make the change. Interesting. So what's your definition of happily ever after? Well, I had to get to suicidal depression to, I finally, I had this one moment where I said to myself, my self-talk became so sweet, and I said, honey, you can leave at any moment. It's a choice. But if you're going to leave, what would you miss? And I realized I would miss coffee and my favorite mug in the morning. I would miss watching the sunrise. I would miss calling my brother. I would miss clean sheets. I would miss those things. And so I thought, okay, if you're going to leave, let's just let's have a day tomorrow where you do all those things you love as your last day on this planet. And I had the first day of joy I had had in years. And so then I wanted another day and I did another day filled with as many tiny things as I could find that made me want to stay. And I had the epiphany that all this crap on the to-do list and all this trying to prove myself in the world and to other people is what was making me so miserable. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I emptied out of my, everything was emptied out of my life. So then I had the choice to build back only the important things, which were love and kindness and family and friends and health and and the things Mm -hmm. that made my heart smile. And to me, that's living happily ever, ever after. Yeah, it's one day at a time. And it's the little things that fill your heart. I mean, that's what I'm hearing you say. 
It is, and it's also realizing that we live in the land of opposites. And so to know pleasure, we have to know pain. And so I also think there's a misunderstanding that we're not supposed to have these darker, sadder states of mind. And if we do, something's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. And so I realize that, you know, 50% of the time we'll experience the darker emotions and 50% of the time we'll experience the high, happy, wonderful ones. And so when the darker ones come to just kind of hunker down and see it as a storm and try not to send the emails or the text messages or make plan, mm-hmm. travel plans and wait till we can see clearly through love and light and optimism and faith and trust and joy. Does that include, Renee, trying to um, stay away from or move away from those people who are negative, who are downers, who don't see your self-worth, who don't see the world from a point of view of joy? I think so, because I learned that my journey to healing was a journey of self-love and self-nurturing and kindness and gentleness to self, and that the more I did that, the more people who don't love themselves had trouble being around me and it started to show up in envy and criticism. Mm, Um, mm. And I noticed I could not tolerate, I was so grateful to be alive after wanting to leave. I couldn't Mm. tolerate being around people who aren't grateful, who just, you know, it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to go through tragedy and trauma. Of course we do. But this underlying gratitude of just one more day on this planet in these bodies, um, I found I had to start to distance myself from people who I didn't feel well when I was around. Very good point. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Renee Linnell more about her book, Still on Fire, and we'll ask her, you know, why is it pointless to always try to get other people to see the world from our point of view? And, you know, why do, I, why do we attract people who don't treat us well, and what can we do about that? How can we get the good love we deserve? All of that and more with Renee Linnell. She is the author of the new book, Still on Fire. And she's a former surf model, professional Argentine tango dancer, and a serial entrepreneur with an executive master's in business administration from New York University. She made her publishing debut in 2018 with her book, The Burn Zone. And I interviewed her then. You can look it up on Voice America. Go to Renee Linnell, and you should be able to see that interview then. And it was a memoir of her experience as a cult survivor. Um, And now she's talking about how did she really move in to getting what she needs on a very deep and spiritual level and having the life she wants. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world. 50 years ago, 
Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and we are back. We are talking to Renee Linnell. Uh, She is an author, an entrepreneur, a grief, trauma, and cult survivor. And she has a message for everyone who's tired of being afraid, tired of feeling overworked and overstressed, tired of fitting in, making do, and pleasing others. And still on fire, uh, in this brand new book, Renee shares hard-learned lessons from her years of bad choices, bad breaks, and crushing blows. And writing from a good place at the age of 49, she encourages readers to trust their instincts and the divine and follow their heart and find gratitude in the present moment. Welcome back, Renee. Thank you. Okay. All right, and you can hear my interview with Renee in 2018 when she wrote her first book, which was um, The Burn Zone, which is a memoir about her being in a cult. So let's talk about um, why is it pointless, in your opinion, to keep trying to get other people to see the world from our point of view? I think it's pointless because there are 8 billion of us on this planet and each one of us is unique, which is incredible when we stop to think about it. And that means each one of us is seeing through our very own unique perspective. And so no matter how much we try to get somebody else to see through that point of view, they cannot because they're not us. And so I've just realized it makes so much more sense and it's such a better use of our energy to be an example of what we believe in, the thriving life that we believe or the way we've created an abundant, thriving life and what we believe works for us. Um, And people who are interested in improving their own lives will look at us and ask, you know, what is it that you do? And then we have an opening to insert our point of view. But otherwise, I think people's realities are created based on their point of view. And when we try to change it, we're really threatening their reality and the way they make sense of the world. And that's why they fight back so vehemently and get so angry. So do you think we should just listen to their point of view and at least try to learn from it, not try to change them or argue, but understand it from their point of view? I think that's the kindest thing we can do, and I think we're all very aware when there's an opening, when we can tell when we're discussing opposite points of view with somebody and they say something like, well, I don't believe your point of view, but I'm really interested in understanding how you came to it, versus somebody who's just screaming at us. They're not going to listen. They're not going to hear and um, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who said this quote, but it's something, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along the lines of, for those who get it, no explanation is necessary. And for those who don't get it, no explanation will suffice. Mm. And so I just learned it's so much kinder to just not bash people over the head with what we think is right. And, and yeah. to, if, we're, if we're forced in a situation like at a coffee or a lunch or a dinner or something, just listen. Just listen and then ask ourselves, is there an opening to discuss my point of view or is there not? And I think also, what do I want from this? You know, I mean, right. why is it important that, I, that this person uh, believes the way I do or why, you know, what's the point of this? I think that's another way to look at it, right, is look at, you know, is there a positive result that will come from this? 
Right. And do I need to be right? Do I want to be right or do I want to be kind? And I think what this world is missing is kindness, kindness to self and kindness to others. And so we can ask ourselves in this moment, do I need to be right or do I just want to be kind? Yeah, it's very good. So why do many of us attract people who treat us badly? Now, you had that in part of your life. You don't have that now from what you've written. So what's the difference and why did you attract it before? Does it go back to the low self-esteem, not feeling worthy, um, wanting to please people? Why do we attract people who treat us badly? I think that unfortunately, when most of us are children, our parents were able to love us and give us attention and support when they were available, Um, but they were overworked and overstressed and probably not very happy, and um, so then they often neglected us or abused us, and so we learn from a young age that that's the pattern of love. It's kindness and then abuse. It's being present and then being distant. Um, And so then as adults, we attract in similar patterns. And I think that, again, it comes back to self-love. The more we love ourselves, the less we're willing to allow anybody to treat us Mm -hmm. badly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's a a very good point. But now here's sort of the caveat in this or the challenge. So let's say that you're doing something you love means a lot to you. It's a project or it's a book or it's a program, whatever it is. You love this and you found yourself working with a team that is not kind, that is not collaborative, that is not working with you and you love the project but you're so frustrated. But you don't want to lose the project because it's important and it's, it's helping people. What's your, what's your advice there? Oh, that's a tough question. I know. Um, I know it is. My advice, and in this situation and in living in this world in general, is that if we can take our attention off of what other people are doing or not doing, and we can just put it on ourselves and offer with complete and total integrity the very best of ourselves in whatever endeavor um, we're pursuing, that makes our vibration so clean. It's, it's like a tree offering her fruit. She's not worried about who's going to eat the fruit or what the other trees are doing or if people are going to say that she, her fruit makes the best pies. She's just offering her fruit because she'll die if she doesn't. And I think if we can walk into that situation and say, I'm just going to keep focusing on offering the very, very best of me, um, I think what's so fascinating is that when we take the other people, if we can try to not keep getting brought down by what they're doing or not doing, um, the energy of what we're offering will be so clean and so high and so bright that Mm. we will probably eventually be moved to a better team when this Mm. project's done. That's very good advice and very helpful. I think it can be difficult when you're in the middle of it. But I, I, that's very good, very helpful advice, particularly if the team, even though they don't behave well, even if they want the same thing you do, right, if you're on the same page where they want this project to be successful, then there is an opportunity to, um, to create some kind of a win-win if possible, if, you're, you know, and, if your goals are similar. Well, and I think, and if there's an opening again to ask the difficult people, what is it that you're really wanting and that you're not getting? You know, is there a way that I can help facilitate? Because a lot of people, most people who behave badly are in pain. And so there's mm-hmm. something inside of them that's not being seen or honored, um, usually by themselves, but they want others to see or honor it. And so if you can be the one person that greets them with love and kindness and says, you know, is there something that you're not, that's not um, being honored for you or, that you're not getting out of this, could I be of help? It's amazing to watch them soften and open and sparkle and then suddenly want to work with you. Mm, Interesting. So speaking of all of this and joy and happiness, are we supposed to be happy all the time? Um, How should we handle the lows or the painful moments in our lives? I don't think we're supposed to be happy all the time. In fact, I think we would be bored out of our minds if we were happy all the time. I think it's the contrast of life that makes our lives so dynamic and thrilling and interesting and rich um, and adds all that texture. 
And so I think there is a misunderstanding, especially with social media, that we're supposed to be happy all the Mm. time. Um, What I found, again, from being so broken and not wanting to be here is an underlying current of joy, which is this tremendous gratitude and awe at the world that's revolving around me and gratitude for being here. And so I can still feel that even in my days of deep despair or pessimism or anger or insecurity or whatever it is. And so I think, I think we need to be told with more messaging that it's okay for us to feel all of those emotions. It's just can we try to not wreak havoc in the world when we're in a darker state of mind and not spew it all over people. Very good. And, and as you said, um, when we have these low and painful moments, how do we help ourselves so we don't get so into the pain that we can't get out? How do we start to see some objectivity or move over to what is working rather than what isn't? I've learned that I have to stop what I'm doing, stop distracting, stop pushing it away, and to have a moment where I really feel the emotion, whatever it is. I acknowledge it and feel it. So if it's anger or fear or sadness or despair, to really acknowledge that that's what I'm feeling and then to ask myself, what is it that I could do that would bring just a little bit of relief? And sometimes I'll have a really busy day. There's no time to even eat lunch, and I'll notice I need to stop for 10 minutes, and I need to have a hot cup of tea and just deep breathe. And I'll do that, and it takes the edge off. It takes that biting edge off, and Mm -hmm. then I can relax into whatever it is I have to get done. But again, it comes back to nurturing the way you would with a child. If a child was having some sort of meltdown, you would say, sweetie, what is it that you need right now, or how can we make it a little better? And we need to do that to ourselves. Very, very good. Very good advice and, and important. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about believing in miracles and divine intervention and magic. And, you know, and, and where, how do you feel about that in terms of something being larger than ourselves? We'll also talk about sex and why it's important to understand what it can do for us Um, instead of always looking at it as uh, taboo or outside of certain rigid conditions. So we'll look at those things, and then we'll move into um, other things about really self-empowerment when we come back. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. And my guest is Renee Linnell. She is a former surf model a professional Argentine tango dancer, and a serial entrepreneur with an executive master's in business administration from New York University. Linnell had made her publishing debut in 2018 with her book, The Burn Zone, a memoir of her experience as a cult survivor. And I interviewed her on my program then, and you can look that up um, in the index of my programs. All right, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired and contemplative thought showcasing experts in their fields including authors musicians and artists your host winifred adams will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter we want to hear from you be sure to tune in thursdays at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel 
Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back my guest is author, entrepreneur, grief, trauma, and cult survivor, Renee Linnell. She has a message to everyone who's being tired of being afraid and feeling tired just from being overworked and overstressed, and who's probably asking ourselves, will life get better and will I be happy? Her new book is still on fire. It was just published, and she shares hard-learned lessons from years of bad choices and bad breaks and crushing blows, and she's writing in a very good place now, and really encourages us to trust our instincts, follow our heart, and, you know, really look at the joy and the gratitude in our life now. Here's an important question. Is it healthy to think about miracles, divine intervention, a sense of magic? We see so many programs today that have that magical, mystical piece, you know, and many of them are very popular shows, yet many people live with doubt and disbelief. So, How can we open ourselves to the belief of something larger than ourselves? I think we have to. I, um, again, when I was in such a broken state of mind, I had a moment where I just thought everything I went through was to become this enlightened saint. I ruined my life for that. And so I have to believe that even being completely shattered and having my life destroyed is part of a divine plan. And if that's the case, then everything I'm going through is to make me stronger and to make me learn um, so that I can help others and so that I can be more authentic and strip off all these facades that I'd built to please the world. And so for me, it was a necessity um, in order to survive. But I think that when we're children, we completely believe in magic and miracles and, um, and then it gets trained out of us and, I think for those of us who struggle with a lot of doubt or don't believe in in God, God as source, creator, whatever we, word we want to use, I think it, we start with the little things, just, just being more present in the moment and noticing, for example, the string of green traffic lights just when we need them most or the lyrics of the song playing in the store, the lyrics we absolutely have to hear right when we walk in the store or a butterfly landing on the windshield of the car. Um, And the more we pay attention, it's kind of like when we decide we want to buy a car and we suddenly see that same car everywhere. The more we start Mm. paying attention to magic and miracles, the more we start to notice them everywhere. A day of despair and suddenly there's a rainbow. It's just this constant reminder that we're not alone. Mm. Very, really uh, powerful. Now let's talk about the big S word, sex. You know, sex can be wonderful, yet our culture often labels it as a taboo, you know, or, you know, and certainly if it's experienced outside of certain rigid conditions, which many philosophies and religions, you know, hold true to. So why do you think it's important to reclaim our autonomy regarding sex and how does sex work wonders for the body and the soul? I think it's incredibly important. I was raised Catholic, and my mother even said to me, women only have sex to please the man. That's how she raised me. We never talked about sex besides that. Um, And then 
I met a friend in college who was very promiscuous, and she just seemed to glow with light and with life and joy and pleasure and passion. And so then I decided to be like her, and so I swung opposite extreme, and I was very promiscuous. And then when I joined that cult, I became celibate for years, for almost eight years. And after all of that, I realized that sexual energy is an incredibly powerful energy. It's the energy that creates new life. I mean, and Mm. especially for women, we create new life through our womb, through our genitalia. And it's so important that we leave those chakras open and that we allow that life force energy to flow through us in that way. And I I think the patriarchy made sex taboo and church religion did because... One, the power of women when we're really sexually, let's say when we have that light of the divine flowing through us, we're incredibly powerful, incredibly attractive, incredibly beautiful, and I think that that can be scary to the opposite gender um, because they have no control of their own feelings around that. And then I also think that when we unite with another in lovemaking and we have the moment of orgasm, we connect with deep love and with God. And if we can do that on our own, those organized religions lose their power. Um, and so it's up to us to, to tune into what our own intuitive guidance says. It says when I am with somebody I'm so attracted to that I want to merge as one with, that can't be a bad thing. That's an incredibly powerful thing. And when we unite with each other with that type of love and joy and passion and connection in mind, we create more of that through lovemaking. And do you think that can happen in just our our relationships with our significant others, our marriages, our relationships, even long-term relationships? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I think I think that we when we when we can think of lovemaking as an offering to the divine as the most sacred, joyful, pleasurable thing that we really do in these bodies, um and bring that much joy and passion and excitement to it, I think that it can add the fire back into any long-term relationship. And especially as women, we're we're bombarded with messaging that says we're no longer beautiful after a certain age, which is absurd, Mm. because the more wisdom we gain and the more life experience and the more compassion and kindness, that's more light flowing through us. That's more love. And And that's so beautiful. And so for women, we turn our lights off because we think we're no longer attractive. And then we become invisible. And so it's up to us at any age, any size, any shape, turn that light back on. Know that we're absolutely beautiful just because we're women, just because we carry that divine feminine in us. And then suddenly we feel sexy. We feel interested in passion and romance and all of that. That energy starts moving through us, and it lights up the world, and it's really fun. Mm. Such a different way of looking at it, isn't it, when you think about it? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a different way of, of looking at this as part of a whole. We're not looking at it as an isolated piece. We're looking at sexuality as a part of our whole being as energy. Right. And when you think about attraction, you realize it's not up to us. We have no control over who we're attracted to. And so I've always believed that that's the hand of the divine coming through us because two people need to have some sort of close exchange of energy. And and it's up to us to discern, is an exchange just platonically or is it a romantic exchange? But when somebody lights up to us in a room, I think it's really important to explore whatever that connection is. And sometimes it's a, it can be a friendship, right? right? It can be a friendship. We're just attracted to that person. They're just there's something there, and it's it's a friendship, platonic piece. But there's still that chemistry, if you will. Right, and that's where the discernment piece comes in, especially. Um, you know, for heterosexual couples with the man-woman thing or for homosexual couples with the, the same gender thing to really discern sometimes, is it appropriate to move this past a platonic exchange? Um, and, and we know, again, if we tune into our inner guidance and we really feel what's right for us and we don't betray ourselves to be liked or loved 
or approved of, we will come up with the right answer to that question. So, so important. Okay. We're going to take a break again. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Western medicine and big pharma, how they have fueled, you know, a lot of uh, fear about body issues and what can we do to allow our thoughts to protect us from disease and our behavior to protect us from disease. And we'll also talk about how we can turn triumph after tragedy and turn pain into purpose. And we'll also talk about how at the end, how if you know someone who you're concerned is getting into uh, a group think, whether it's a cult or whatever it is that you're concerned about, we'll ask Renee um, pieces of advice of what you might do to support that person. So you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And Renee Linnell, uh, her book is called Still on Fire. Still on Fire. She's an author, an entrepreneur. She's a grief, trauma, and cult survivor. And she has a positive message for everyone. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on Voice America Variety. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone, and we are back. We are talking to Renee Linnell. And she's the author of the brand new book, Still on Fire. She is an author, entrepreneur, grief, trauma, and cult survivor. And she's also a former surf model, professional Argentine tango dancer, and a serial entrepreneur with an executive master's in business administration from New York University. She made her publishing debut in 2018 with the book, The Burn Zone, Uh, And I interviewed her on that book, and you can check that out under my shows. Um, It was a memoir of her experience as a cult survivor. And today we're talking about her new book, which is Still on Fire. So welcome back, Renee. 
Thank you, Patricia. All right. So here are the questions I said I was going to ask you at the end of the last segment, and I think they're big ones. Western medicine and big pharma have fueled our national epidemic of body issues. What can we do in order to allow our thoughts and our emotions to have the power to heal and protect us from disease? I think the first thing we need to do, um, and it's interesting how this parallels, again, the cult situation and the brainwashing, which is Western medicine and big pharma, they go out of business if we're all healthy. So we have to just kind of acknowledge that when we listen to their advice. And then we need to tune into our own inner guidance, which is we see our bodies heal themselves. We watch our cuts heal. We know that our hair grows and our nails grow. We know that our own body went from ball of cells to fetus to infant to child to adult. Um, And so we have to start believing what we know innately, which is our bodies are these miraculous self-healing machines. Um, and then we all know that what we put into our body makes a difference. And we are all aware if we're ingesting poisons and toxins and non-foods. So I think we need to have kind of a, a heart-to-heart with ourselves about that um, because conventional agriculture sprays all our food with chemicals and big media bombards us with messaging to eat non-foods, you know, Lay's potato chips and McDonald's and all that. And then big pharma makes a fortune off of treating all the diseases that we have by ingesting all these chemicals and poisons. And so I think it comes back to the self-love piece, which is the more we love ourselves, the less we are willing to ingest food that doesn't have life force energy or has toxins and poisons in it. Um, and as, as soon as we start doing that, we'll notice a difference in our health. So we get to kind of not even take anyone else's word for it, take our own word for it. And, and then there are so many books out there on spontaneous healing of disease. Um, Anita Morjani in Dying to Be Me talks about her whole body going into system failure from all the cancer and then floating out of her body and coming back and healing herself. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza in You Are the Placebo mm-hmm. talks about being run over by an SUV and having his whole body broken and then healing it himself. And so mm. if we're willing to really do the work, we can find so much evidence on spontaneous healing. And that's up to us. You know, Do we want to just be told, you're sick, you're going to die, take these pills, and sorry, there's nothing I can do? Or do we want to do the tough work of uncovering why our body is holding disease, why the energy pathways are blocked, where we're living out of alignment, why our mind is not happy and creating disease inside the body, and do the tough work of making all those changes. Right, but we have to believe it. We have to believe it's possible. If we don't believe that's possible, and we think it's hocus-pocus, literally, right, or magic, then we won't even try. So there has to be a belief there. Right, Right, so, and, and go ahead. Um, well, I just was going to say, and that's the self-love piece, you know. Is it worth, are we worthy enough to spend a month researching other people who have this same disease who have healed it spontaneously, or are we not, are we afraid to do that, you know? And then that's our choice. It's our body, it's our life, it's our choice. So rather than dwelling on victimhood, you encourage people to triumph after tragedy, which you did, and turn your pain into purpose. You know, how were you able to do this and what did you have to realize in order to accomplish this mindset and your advice to others about it? So I had, when I, the cult experience, I burned almost everything I owned. I alienated everyone I loved. I completely destroyed my life. I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I was smeared all over the New York tabloids. I mean, it was awful. And and then I entered into the cult because I had been abused by my mother and lost so much of my family through all kinds of death and tragedy. Um, and so I realized I was really victim-y, you know, and how is this happening to me and why is this happening to me? And I woke up one morning and I was done being a victim and I was ready to be a warrior. And I made this playlist called Back in Black and I had ACDC's Back in Black and Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train and Eminem. 
And I decided I was going to take full responsibility for everything that happened to me, for getting myself into that cult, for staying as long as I did, for getting myself into this really failed business venture in New York and losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, for getting brainwashed. And even I decided to take responsibility for all the deaths and abuse of my childhood and decide that my soul on some level signed up for that to learn. And as soon as I took responsibility, my power came back. And then I decided Mm. I'm coming out of this stronger, wiser than ever. And that was my beginning of rising like a phoenix from the ashes. Wow. That's a powerful. What would you say to family members, friends of people who are either in cults or are moving in that direction and not in a direction, whether it's a cult or whether it's just something where they're really totally losing their power. Um, What advice would you give to those people who care about the people going through this? That's such an important question. And when I was in the cult, nobody could have pulled me out of it because anybody who tried to tell me I was in a cult or point it out, I just demonized and alienated. And in fact, I clung even deeper to my convictions. Um, And my brother, my twin brother, who's my only living family, he said to me when I was pushing everyone out of my life, he said, Renee, I don't care how weird you get. I don't care what you're doing. You're my only living family. Just leave a, leave a line of connection open. I won't call you. I won't bug you. I won't ask questions, but just don't shove me away. And that was so important to me because, in effect, he was saying, I trust you to navigate your own life. And so what I tell people when they are concerned about loved ones in a toxic relationship or in a cult, I say, first of all, become the best version of you possible because nobody wants to take life advice from somebody who's struggling in their own life. But if you're thriving Mm -hmm. and you're happy and you're content and you're healthy and you're living a life of abundance, yes, then they will take advice from you. Um, And then just love them and say, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for all these reasons, but I trust you to navigate your own life, and I'm always here for you when you need me. And then when you do get to interact with that person, love them unconditionally. Don't judge them. Don't make them feel bad or wrong. And then what will happen is when they're in the abusive situation, they'll feel terrible. When they interact with you, they'll feel great. And they'll start to notice that difference. How beautiful, Renee. What a beautiful way to close the interview. Thank you so much. And people can find your book on Amazon, Still on Fire? Yes, they can. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was very powerful. Thank Thank you you. so much, Patricia. I loved every second of it. Thank you. All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, I have a new podcast called Positive Aging. Check it out on my website, patriciaraskin.com. Write to me so I can put you on my newsletter list, patricia at patriciaraskin.com. And if you're thinking of doing your own podcast, I've interviewed about 5,000 guest experts in my career and would love to help you get your message out through doing your own podcast. So contact me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com. And my Facebook page is Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.